0: Good evening. This is Grace and Faith Fellowship coming to you with our uh, weekly message. This is Minister Access and we thank you. We always want to say thank you for tuning in and listening to us. Um, we pray that we have been a blessing to you as we come to you through social media. And we always um, say that if you need prayer, we, you can always reach to, uh, out to us on our um yeah, on the online, um, just reach out and you can leave your prayer requests, whatever you want. Prayer, you can reach out. Our information is on our website, so you can reach out to us. Once again, we just pray we we'll are being a blessing and we love coming to you every week and sharing the word of God with you. Um, we've been talking about understanding righteousness. This is part four: understanding righteousness. And tonight we want to talk about speak out your righteousness speak it out okay but we've been talking this kind of give you a quick um go back and understand what we've been talking about Understand righteousness we've been talking about the righteousness that comes through grace the righteousness that comes by jesus christ where he died for us and the scripture said we were made righteous uh second corinthians 5 and 21 it says that he became sin who knew no sin, that we may become the righteous of God. So the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus is that we were made. We didn't earn it. Under the old covenant, the Mosaic covenant, you had to earn your righteousness. Otherwise, other words, if you did good, you got good. If you did bad, you got bad. But under this new covenant, where Jesus paid for our sins, past, present, and future, he says now, if you believe in what jesus did on the cross for you he said i make you righteous where you may rise in your spirit okay and now once you believe that okay then you begin to act on it so but the thing we've been talking about is righteousness under grace is a gift okay it is a gift given to you by when you put your trust in Jesus Christ and we struggle with that because still we still have a large part of the body of Christ teaching you got to earn it you got to earn it. after you get saved you got to earn it and then if you don't do everything righteous you're no longer righteous well but the the righteousness that comes by Jesus Christ don't teach that even when we miss the mark even when we mess up you are still righteous in God's sight okay and once you get a hold of that once you get a revelation of that then your behavior will begin to begin to uh, identify with what you believe in, okay? And so this is what we've been focusing on. You have to first believe that you've been made righteous by Jesus Christ. Everything that God gave us is a gift. And see, you can't earn a gift, okay? If somebody takes your gift back, then it wasn't a, never a gift, okay? That means you earned it. You had to earn your wages. You're working for it. And so therefore, when whatever God gives us, He doesn't take it back. Okay. You need to understand that He gave it to you and it is yours. Okay. And He's giving it to you. And so this is what righteousness under grace looks like. Is you have to believe first, okay? Believe. Okay. So we're gonna, but we're talking about speaking out your right. It's important that you speak. Okay, it is okay speaking out your righteousness. It's a powerful thing. Okay, it is powerful. It is powerful. So let me share this scripture with you. It says in Romans ten and six, it says God words us tells us is the righteous, the righteousness of God, righteousness of faith speaks. That's what Paul said. In, the righteousness of faith speaks. So there's some speaking involved. Now, what does this mean? Okay, it means that God encourages us. To not just believe in our heart that we are righteous, but to also to speak it. So we've been talking about believing your heart that you are righteous. But when you believe in something, you speak it out. Okay, you declare it when you believe. When you have a strong conviction about something, you speak it out. You let people know what you believe in. Or what you don't believe in, okay? So, but it said the, this righteousness speaks, okay? Let me go back and this deal with the foundation we've been talking about. um, Failure to understand justification by grace produces an attitude that, in effect, denies Christ's substituted work for us. So, when you deny just that's for justification, the justification means what? Declared, I've been declared righteous by what Jesus Christ. So justification by grace produces the attitude that when we deny Christ substitute work for you. In fact, it denies Christ substitute work for us. When you fail you to understand justification. Okay. Those who believe that their performance is essential for salvation are denying that Christ is in heaven, making intercession for man. So when you still believe in that you have to perform for your salvation, you're denying what Jesus did. You're not saying that it's a gift, as we've been talking about. Rising is the gift. You don't believe it's the gift. You don't believe it's the gift. So you, what you got to do it? You're earning it, okay? You're trying to earn it. They did. They dethrone Christ from his present position. It is like the denying that Christ has ascended into heaven for us. See, this is the stuff you're denying. When you're trying to earn or perform for your righteousness, you're denying the things that Jesus died for. So you have to be careful that this is. I want you to get this tonight. You don't want to deny what Jesus. Well, you said, "Well, may, you, I know you're saying I'm not denying. Jesus, I believe in what Jesus did." Well, if you believe in what Jesus did, then you have to believe that He made you righteous, because that what is part of the package. Your salvation package. You are righteous. You are holy. Okay, all the things that come with salvation. Okay. Likewise, to believe that we we that we have to bear the punishment for our sin is like denying that Christ's death was sufficient by itself. Okay, so when you believe that we we that we have to bear our punishment for our sin, it's like denying that Christ's devil. What's, what's, it wasn't sufficient enough. Okay? If we are to be punished for our sin, then Christ might as well not have even die for us. See, if you be punished for all the mistakes that you make, the ones that you say, well, I didn't ask for forgiveness for, then what was the point of Christ dying? See, which, when you when you saying that, and I know a lot of men say you got to ask for forgiveness for every sin, and, and that's that is good for relationship you know when you do that we're not saying that you don't never ask forgiveness but what simply saying is that if you mr margaret somehow you don't ask forgiveness you don't stop being righteous because what it is it you denying what jesus did okay you you he might as well not even die for us if we gotta now you're putting all the ability all the the effort in yourself, all performance is on you now because if you don't ask for forgiveness or you don't repent for every sin that you ever made, ever did, then you're saying, oh, Hey, well, I'm lost. I'm no longer righteous. But that's not what this right and the grace teaches. Okay? The law mentality puts us under an unbearable load of performance to obtain righteousness. Faith just receives the righteousness that has been provided through christ that's on the law puts on the mentality it's an unbearable load guess what you if you're spending your time focused on you know what, trying to make sure you've asked for forgiveness for every sin so you can maintain your righteousness. that's an awesome load to bear it's too much it's too much and people who think they're doing that are really in denial because nobody's perfect in their walk with god okay you're not perfect in your walk with god so therefore what this is why we depend on the finished works of jesus christ to say you know what i'm not perfect but he was and then when i put my trust in him then you know what he will give me the ability to walk out and to conquer those areas that I'm struggling. Because if you're trying to be a good person on, on your own, and maybe you're doing that, you know what? You're trying to do it by willpower. Guess what? You're gonna always fail, you're gonna come up short. You're always come up short. In some area of your life, I want you to know that even though you may be thinking that, well, yeah, I'm I'm good, you're fooling yourself because no one is perfect in every area of life. There's always something we're gonna be working on. As we walk this journey and on this earth, but when you put it says faith just receives the righteousness that's already been provided through Jesus Christ. Okay, so it said we're talking about speaking out. So we we, we I want to focus again into that. We're talking about speaking out your righteousness, and really God dealt me with description. This I remember the scripture to you last when we talked about David and um Samuel chapter, 1 Samuel chapter 3. And this scripture, God kind of gave me the scripture as I was, this scripture was not in, in this series, but as I began to study, God kind of, and I was studying in my own person, and God dropped this spirit. And I came across this scripture rather, and God really dealt with me about David, okay? Because here's the toughest thing. The toughest thing is how... How do I declare? How do I believe that I'm right, even when I mess up? And say, This is what we should be using our faith for. Or one of the things we should be using our faith for, because we've been trained to use our faith to get stuff, you know, bleeding God for a car, for a house, for finances, for, you know, my marriage, for my children, and that the Bible teaches that. But Do you use your faith? And this really dealt with me and I began to, this is really hit me hard. Do we use our faith? Do you use your faith to declare your righteousness when you miss the mark? Do you say that, you know what, even though i miss the Mark, I'm still righteous. And see, in human nature would say that, that contradicts everything that goes against, that goes against the grain of our, our nature. Okay. Our human nature to say, you know what, I'm still righteous even though I made a mistake here and I just did something huge and wrong, but you know what, I'm still to declare myself righteous because what, I'm a believer, I put my trust in Jesus Christ and he made me righteous. And I think this is huge for the body of Christ, for you just listen to me, because I want us to start using, I want you to start using, doing this. Otherwise, speak out your righteousness when you miss tomorrow. Okay. Cause it's a powerful thing. And I'm, once again, I'm right along here with you. I'm, I'm beginning to speak who I am in the midst of a tough time. And I want to go this, this right here. I want to read you uh, first Samuel cha- chapter 30. I'm not gonna read the whole thing, but I'm gonna read verse six because David was in zigzag with his family in zigzag, And then David left to fight him and his men, and he left his family unprotected, his wives, his children, all his children. And when David came back, um, the enemy had stolen his kids captive, his wife, his kids, and all his men's wives and kids. And the Bible said that, herefore it says, then David and the people that were with him lift up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. So then they, this was bad. All you remember, just imagine all your family, come on, all your family gone. Somebody done kidnapped them, they're gone. You took all your possessions, everything is gone. Okay. But I'm gonna to jump to verse six. It says, and David was greatly distressed. And I'm reading from the King James, for, for the people spake of stoning him Okay, because the soul of all the people will grieve at every man for his sons and for his daughters. Okay, but all uh, right, so David, they wanted to kill David. David didn't have a friend in the world. Okay, David messed up. He's the leader, he put his family and all his men's family in jeopardy because he left them unprotected. And it says they speak of stoning him, but I love this last part of verse six. It says, "But David encouraged himself in the in the Lord his God." Okay, and so we see here, David encouraged himself. That word "encouraged" me he strengthened himself. So, encourage when you encourage, it means David was speaking out. So we're talking, about, we're talking about tonight, speaking out your residence. So David spoke some things over his life. Now, we don't know exactly what David said, but David had to be speaking some positive things about himself in the midst of a huge failure. And see, this is what we got to get tonight. Okay. I know you've made some huge mistakes. I've made some huge mistakes in life. We've all made some huge mistakes in life and stuff. When we look back on says, man, I don't even know why I did that. I made a huge mistake. You know, we embarrassed ourselves. We embarrassed our families. Maybe you're in a situation now where your marriage is in trouble. You know, your kids are in trouble. You know, your job, your jobless, whatever your situation is terrible. And you are a believer, you know, or maybe you're trying to, you know, work on yourself. And you know what you're trying to do, you know, work on yourself, but you're trying to do it in your own effort instead of allowing the Holy Spirit to work through you. Well, I want you to know this, this scripture really encouraged me and it should encourage you tonight. It says David encouraged himself in the Lord, his God. David spoke out his righteousness. I believe he spoke out some things. He encouraged himself. Now, let me say this. This is not a When I say David encouraged himself, David wasn't, as I said, he didn't have a prideful attitude or he wasn't arrogant. He didn't. I believe David was very sorry for what he did. I believe he wouldn't apologize to his men. The Bible said they all wept, bitterly wept that they couldn't weep no more. David was hurt. Okay, he was hurt by what he did, by the things that happened. David was really hurt. And David, I believe David was apologetic. So david wasn't walk around and said he didn't well i don't care how what y'all think well i don't care what y'all because and this this is what i'm saying tonight if you made a mistake own it okay own it say so, you know what i messed up and go to the people that you hurt apologize If you hurt your spouse apologize but when david spoke these things he was by himself so we're not telling you to get in the arguments with mind and say well i'm right this way i don't care No, that's a private. No, own up to what you did, say you're wrong, or if you made a mistake on it, but get by yourself with God and encourage yourself and read scriptures that's going to empower you and strengthen you in your time of weakness. This is what you need to do. Now, once again, you can't control um, whether people are going to forgive you or not. You have no control of that. You can ask them to forgive you, you can apologize and you know what, say, you know, I'm sorry, I apologize, and they may not forgive you. You can't control that, but what you can do is control Here's what David did. You can encourage yourself in the Lord and begin to build yourself up, and then as you build yourself up, you can begin to walk in, okay, the things that God has called you to do. You begin to walk in it, okay, and you begin to, even though you made a mistake, you begin to work your way back to what God called you to be. You know, you have to let the past be the past. David, I mean Paul even said, forgetting those things behind. He said, I pressed toward the mark. I believe that's in the book of Philippians. You know, he's pressing. He says I got to forget about what I did. But and begin to speak the righteousness that I know I am. And then I'll begin to walk in it. Because the next series we're going to talk about and I got another week on this, you know, because um I think it's going to take another week for me to finish but we're going to talk about cultivating this gift of righteousness okay and cause me to develop so but from that particular scripture psalms 30 where david said he encouraged himself to the lord i came up with 11 things 11 ways to encourage yourself in the lord and we're going to deal with five tonight and we're going to do the other six next week that's why i said i thought i might be finished this week with this series but I'm going to extend it one more week because I want to be able to get to all eleven, which I think is very important. But I just want to do five tonight, and we're going to do this, the other six next week. So I want to deal with eleven things, okay, to encourage yourself in love, or eleven ways as we talked about tonight. Speaking out your righteousness, speak it out, declare it, okay. And this is good for us. So how do you say? Well, how do I? How I maybe you wonder how do I encourage myself and well That's the question I came up with when I begin to meditate on this. Well, okay, so well, Lord, how do we encourage ourselves in you? Okay, so number one, we're going to do the first five tonight, and then number one, the first thing you have to do in order to encourage them is to remember God's faithfulness. Okay, remember. His faithfulness, God's faithfulness. most people can look back over their life and see how God has been faithful to them. okay? Here's the scripture. listen to Lamentations chapter 3 verses 22 and 23. I'm reading this from a New King James. it says, "Through the Lord's mercies we are not consumed. because he had, he had because his compassion fails not, they are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. So this is me. it says, God's mercies are new every morning. What does mercy mean? I love the definition of mercy because it said mercy means I don't get what I deserve. When you say you give somebody mercy, it means you're not going to give them what they deserve. Guess what? Me and you, God does not give us what we deserve, even when we make the mistake. Okay. Now, there are going to be earthly consequences. See, sometimes we confuse earthly consequences with God. See what God did is no. sometimes when you do something, there are going to be earthly consequences attached to it. But that's not God punishing you. And, and, and people teach that. But God doesn't teach under grace. God is not punishing anymore. Jesus took our punishment. But there will be earthly consequences. But guess what? God, says he says, because if God didn't give us mercy, it says, through the Lord's mercy, we are not consumed. So imagine, think about it. If God gave us what we deserve, we wouldn't even be here. Imagine God's wrath being on you right now. Of all the things you've done, you will be wiped off the face of the earth. Okay. But he said his mercies are new every morning. He's faithful to us. So take time to remember the Lord's faithfulness to you. Remember promises that God gave you that have already come to pass. So you're going to look back and say, look what God did for me 10 years ago or five years ago, maybe 15 years ago. Remember times when it looked like you were hopeless, but God led you out of your situation. I don't know. I can look back and meantime, God led me out of my situation financially and relation with our relationships, he meant those relationships. So, you got to be able to reminisce, remember God's faith. So, number one is remember God's faith in it. This is rehearse the times in your life when there was no one there but God. Rehearse the times when he showed up in your darkest hour, and, and, and this will help you to know that he will never leave you. And he will never fail you. See, God's never going to leave you. I know some people say, when we mess up, God leaves. No, he don't. He's right there. He's there in your darkest hour. He's there. They say, you know what? I'm never going to leave you. I'm never going to fail you. Because let's look at 2 Timothy um, 2 and 13. It says, when we are faithless, check this out. He remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. So even when you're faithless, this is this should give you confidence, okay? This is not God, it's not to condemn you. This should give you confidence that even when I'm faithless, even when I don't do everything I'm supposed to, because none of us do. He saying here, I'm faithful. He's the guy I can't deny myself. He's going to always be there with you, right, ready for you to reach out to him. God is waiting on you to say, you know what? he take this. I can't do anything with it. You take it. I give it to you. God says, and he's saying to you right now, I've been waiting on for you to give it to me with my your attitude, with your lifestyle. I'm waiting for you to give it to me. So that's number one. Number one is remember God's faith in that. He's been faithful. He's always been faithful and he will continue to be faithful even in the midst of your mistakes. Number two, Number two is connect with the Lord's joy. The scripture, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Okay. The joy of the Lord is your strength. See, God is all about relationship and he wants intimacy with you. And this is how you are strengthened. See, I want you to pay attention to that. God is about relationships. So how am I strengthened? So how can I strengthen myself from the Lord? How can I, you know, speak out my rights? And when you speak your rights out, you're strengthening yourself. See, God's about relation. He, he wants intimacy with you, okay? And so this is how you are strengthened by you, by this intimate relationship you have with Jesus Christ. So this is what we're talking about. We're talking about relation. We're not talking about religion. We're just a bunch of rules. We're talking about, maybe personal in relationship with Jesus Christ. This is how you get your strength. His perfect love drives out fear and he is the God of all comfort. That's what scripture says. When you know God loves you, you're not going to be fearful. You're not going to be scared. He's going to punish you because you know you got a revelation that he loves me. Even if I'm in a situation like David, where I messed up, well, God still loves me. Because you read on in that scripture in, in chapter 30, Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 30, David, after he encouraged him, he went to God and says, OK, God, do I pursue? Do I go after my family? And God says, yes. God didn't say, well, no, I'm going to punish you first because you made a mistake. No, God just told him, go pursue. OK, so know that God loves you. You don't have to fear about punishment, OK, because he loves you. And care for you, and so that's why you speak out your righteousness. I am righteous, God and God. I'm going to speak out the things of God. I'm going to speak over my life what God says about me. Everything in God's kingdom happens through a relationship with Him. Let me say that one more time. Everything in God's kingdom happens through a relationship with Him. So it's about the relationship. So you, you can't bypass this step. See, so a lot of time we want to skip, develop relationship with God and we want his stuff. Okay. We want to be healed, but you get all the strength and everything you need is through developing this, this intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. When you need to encourage yourself, take time, get along with the Lord. Okay. This is what you need to do. Even if it's just sitting in his presence and acknowledging that he is there, his presence will change things. See, I did that this week. I just got alone with God. I had no Bible. Just, you know, just sat in my room, just sat in my chair and just cut everything off. And just, okay, God, I know you're here with me and just want to be in your presence. Just, just do that. You don't have to, you know, do all lot. Just acknowledge that he is there. This is... This is one, this is how you be relationship with God. And He may even speak to you in the midst of you just sitting there, give you answers. Okay, just get along with God. You know, and I'm not talking about, you know, some say, Well, I don't have time. I don't have time. If it ain't number five minutes, if it ain't number 10 minutes, if it ain't number 15 minutes, you have to start somewhere. You know, sometimes we put quantity on it. So, that, you know, because you may know somebody who spent hours with God, and that's fine, that's great benefit that. You may not have the time. God would cherish that five, 10, 15 minutes that you have. I even when I'm going to work, you know, before I go to work, I got about 15 minutes. I spend that 15 minutes listening to worship music, music and just um, getting in the presence. That's to me getting on by myself and just communing with him and just listening to worship music and, and glorifying him. That's spending time in his presence. In his presence is the fullness of joy. You can't be around Jesus and not experience joy. You can't. You, You can't be around him and not experience joy. It says here in Psalm 16 and 11, it says, you will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Man, that's powerful. In his, in in your presence is fullness of joy. So you got to get around. You can't get around Jesus and not experience His joy. Spending some time with Him, getting building that relationship. So the second thing is that what connect with the Lord's joy. Why? How you do that? By getting along with Him, spending time with Him, begin to speak out. You know, the things allow him to speak to you. When, when you're spending time with the Lord, ask the Lord for a ramble word. What does ramble mean? It means a word specific for your situation. Okay, something that he is speaking to you for your present situation. So ask God, give me a rhyme word. Give me a word today for my situation, for the situation of man. I need to hear from you and watch him speak to you. One life-giving word from God can change everything. Okay? Faith and encouragement comes as you hear him. So as you hear God, that's going to create faith, that's going to create encouragement, that's going to give you the courage to speak out the things that God said about you begin to speak out your righteousness. Jesus knows how to speak a word in season. To you, When you are weary. So if you are weary tonight, again, God knows how to speak a word to you. Just get with him. OK, get in his presence get along with him and allow him to speak a word to you. He wants to speak to you directly and you can get words from your pastors and God can speak to people. But get a ram word. you get the word that you need from God. You can get it by getting along with him. And spending time and building this intimate relationship with him. This, this is what Isaiah um, 50 and 4 said. It said, The Lord has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who are weary. Man, that's powerful. So God said, He says, Hey, I, I, the Lord has given me. Me, the tongue of the learned, that I may know how to speak a a word in season to him who is weary. God knows how to speak a word to you. Okay. He knows how So, number three. uh, Well, no, excuse me. Number two is connect with the Lord's joy. Number one is speak out, remember God's faithfulness. Number two, connect with the Lord's joy number three okay number three tonight is remember past victories if god did anything you're like just remember the past victory that you've had or the past you encourage yourself tonight with past victory. you begin to speak out the past victory. god I remember when you did this god i remember when you did that so i believe part of the reason david was able to defeat goliath is because he remembered the past victories the Lord had given him. So, David, what Goliath, excuse me, wasn't David's first experience with an enemy that could have defeated him. See, Goliath wasn't his first enemy. The Lord had delivered him from a lion and a bear. So, David began to say, You know what? If God delivered me from the lion and the bear, surely he could deliver me from you. And say, so That's what you know. Well, if God delivered me from this, and God, this in my life. God got me through this. I know this happened. God healed me mostly through that. He can do it. He can do this for me. It's 1 Samuel 17 and 37. This is what it says. It says, moreover, David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear, he would deliver me from the hands of this Philistine. See, David was coming. Listen to what David spoke this out. Because David said, You know what? There's been past victory in my life that God has did it. Notice he spoke it. We're talking about speaking out. And David spoke it out to him. He said, You know what? God did this for me. He delivered me from the line. He delivered me from the bear. And surely he would deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. You speak these things in your own private time, speak it out. Remember situations in your life when God gave you the victory. Remember that what he did once, guess what? He'll do it again. And God always has victory for you. He always has victory. We will get the victory. And here's that's what 2 Corinthians 2 and 14 says. Now thanks be to God, who always leads us in triumph in Christ, and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. He calls us to triumph in victory. This is what he does. So remember the past victories. Encourage yourself with the past victories. Speak out the past victories. Remember those things that he done for you in the past, okay? The fourth thing, the fourth way to encourage yourself in the Lord. And like I said, we're only doing five tonight. We can do the other six next week. But the fourth thing is meditate on the integrity of God's word. Now, this is this is so powerful. OK, this is really, really important. All of these important, but meditate on the integrity of God's word. And in, in Psalms, excuse me, in first Samuel's. Chapter 30, when David encouraged himself, you know, the first thing he did was call for the ephod. Now, what was the ephod? The ephod was the breastplate that the priest wore. God communicated through the stones that were on it. Now, for us, this is comparable to the Bible. So the ephod, you, know, you continue. Once again, if you read First uh, Samuel chapter 30, It says, David called for the ephod. And so the ephod is equivalent to us saying, you know what, I'm going to get my word, okay? And meditate on my word. When you need encouragement, the best place to turn is to the word of God. See, and see, we turn to everything else. Maybe you turn to everything else. Don't get me wrong. It's good to turn, turn to your friends. Okay. But once again, you can't listen to everybody. Okay. You have to know who to tell your problems to. And so, but the most important thing is turn to the word of God. See, that's the most important. That's the thing we neglect. We go to, we, we go on Facebook. We tell people our problems on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. I see people all the time ranting and raving on Instagram, uh, Facebook, all these social media things, telling our problem, telling our business. Okay, And we're looking for answers from people. But I encourage you as a believer, go to the word of God. Okay, turn. That's the best place for us to go is to turn to the word of God and allow the word of God to speak to you. Why? Because the Bible is full of promises. For every situation you can imagine, the Bible is full of promises. Why not go to what God has given us? God inspired men to write down things that we need to hear. And God wants to speak to you. That, that is the number way God wants to speak to you. That's the number way, one way God wants to encourage you is through the word. And then once you read it, you begin to speak it over your life. Okay, so the Bible is full of promises. For every situation you can even imagine, God's word is completely trustworthy. So you got to get that. Can you, do you trust the word of God? Do you trust the word of God? I, I encourage you to trust the word of God. As we talk about, and trust God to speak to you through his word. Okay. You got to trust the word of God. If you trust the word of God, then you will go to the word of God and hear what God has to say about you. So meditate on the surety of God's word. His word, guess what, is unfailing. God's word will never fail you. If you need healing, go to the word. If you need encouragement, go to the word and speak it out. You need healing, go to the word and speak it out. Speak healing on your life, okay? If you need deliverance, go to the word and speak deliverance over your life. That's what you need to do. If you got, if you have a financial situation, go to the word and speak it over your life. Speak it over your life. You may be saying, "Hey," and it's not a magic book. What are you doing? As about when you speak, you encouraging yourself, like David did. I'm strengthening myself as I speak out the word. And we're not just talking about well, we're talking any type of strength. We're talking about supernatural strength that lives on the inside of you and you begin to tap into that strength and people will wonder why, how did you make it through that? It's because I went to the word and I declared the word over my life. See, we, we don't value the word. One reason why maybe you're not going because you don't value it. Anything you value becomes a priority in your life. And I pray that the word of God becomes a priority in your life. Uh, reading Psalms 119, 160, it says the entirety of your word is true. And every one of your righteous judgments endureth forever. It says the entirety of your word is true. It doesn't say uh, all of it. All the word of God is true. Even the stuff that people debate, you have to come to a conclusion that everything that's written in this book, The word of God is true. Whether I can prove it physically or not, I believe it by faith. I trust the the integrity. We're talking about the integrity of God's word. I like the word integrity. mean, means that our God is a God of integrity. He will not fail you. He will not let you down. And he left his word to let us know of his integrity. He left His word through His promises and said, "You know what? I will. We just we quoted it earlier. I will never leave you, nor forsake you. That is the integrity of His word. That is God is true to it. Because you cannot trust the integrity of God's word, then you can't trust anything. Okay. I believe God says who He said He is. Okay. So number four is meditate on the integrity of God's word. And the last one tonight, number five, and actually we got 11, but I'm going to stop here tonight, is praying in tongues. Now, I know some of you don't, don't believe don't believe in tongues, but you you should. I pray that you get some teaching on that. But but speaking in tongues is an incredible gift that many people don't take advantage of. We don't take advantage of it because a lot of, you know, it's taught against and it's like you don't need to speak in tongues. No, you don't need to speak in tongues to be saved. Let me make that. You need to go to heaven, you know. You don't need a speaking tongue to prove that you got the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit came on you when the day you got saved. But speaking tongue is an incredible gift God has equipped the believer with. Now, somebody said, "Well, it must be interpreted." Well, when Paul talks about that in First Corinthians, he's talking about it should be interpreted in the church setting, in the meeting setting. But your on your own personal time, it does not be, need to be interpreted. Okay, so because first the Scripture says in First Corinthians. 14 and four, he says, he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. Okay. To edify means to build up. Okay. When you pray in tongues, you build yourself up. You encourage yourself. This is what you're doing when you're praying in tongues. You're building yourself up. Uh, Jude verse 20 says, but you beloved, Build yourself up in the most holy faith, praying in the spirit. So praying in the spirit is equivalent to speaking in tongues. Okay, and so and I do that, you know, in my own personal time, it builds me up. I encourage myself because why? Because when you you get in a situation like imagine yourself in a situation like David. okay, and you ain't got a friend in the world. And you don't know what to pray about. You don't have the words to pray because the Bible says David, they were weeping bitterly till they had no more strength. And sometimes you can go through, maybe you're going through something, your, you have no know, strength. Well, tongues is an awesome gift that God has given us where you can pray in tongues. You don't know what you're saying, but you know, you know you're saying something. You but you're building yourself, to let you know you're building yourself up in the most holy, in your holy faith. When you pray in your tongues, as you speak in tongues, allow the Holy spirit to pray for exactly what you need. See how powerful that is. You don't know what, what you're praying, but the Holy spirit is praying through you and he's giving you what you need at that moment. The Holy spirit will will bring things Jesus has said back to you in remembrance and saying, guess what? Once the Holy Spirit brings those things back to you, to your remembrance. Then you begin to what? Speak them out. You need to speak them out in English. But you've been what? Praying in tongues. Same thing. when you well, That's what you're doing when you're praying in tongues. You're speaking out. You're declaring things. You're speaking things out. We're talking about speaking out your righteousness. Well, that's what you're doing when you're praying in tongues. The last verse tonight, and we're going to finish up here tonight, is John 14 26. It says, but the helper... The Holy Spirit, whom the father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I have said to you. So these are the these are this is five things. Eleven ways to encourage yourself in the Lord. Just want to quickly go through them before I close out. Number one was remember God's faithfulness. Remember that he's been faithful to you. Number two is connect with God's joy. Because you, you cannot be around Jesus and not experience joy. So remember, connect with the joy of the Lord. That's number two, how you encourage yourself. Number three is remember past victories, remember what Christ has done for you in the past. Okay? And encourage yourself in that. Number four is meditate on the integrity of God's word. Spend some time in God's word and encourage yourself on the integrity in other words knowing that god's word will not fail you his promises will not never fail and number five is praying tongues because the, you pray in tongues you build yourself up in your most holy faith we're gonna stop there tonight we're gonna uh finish this up the the last six on how to encourage yourself in the lord so i pray that this has been a blessing to you tonight um we want to continue with this Next week, next week will be the last week on talking about understanding, right? And then we're going to talk about cultivating this gift of writing that Jesus has given us. But I pray it's been a blessing to you. We will see you again, again next week. Thank you. And bye-bye.